writes this in Ephesians chapter 4. He says, as a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you, I challenge you, I, I implore you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. And I'm, I'm thankful for some of the titles that I have in my life. Um, I love the fact that Jody will refer to me as her husband. For in July, on July 27th, it'll be 34 years. And I love that title, right? It's still, it's still just wonderful to me. I love, I love the title of pastor. I am, I tell you what, I am honored to serve in this capacity. And that God lets me do this uh, is truly a wonderful thing. That, that, I can, that I can carry the title of Christ follower. That is something I take very seriously. Do you know a biggie is that issue of a father? That, that responsibility to be the priest of my home, that responsibility to be a spiritual covering. There are times that I've done it really well, and there are times hmm, not so much. And as I think about this series that we've been in, Family Matters, looking at God's principles that are laid out in Exodus chapter 20 what is often referred to as the Ten Commandments, but I believe are more ten guiding principles, undeniable guiding principles. When I think about Father's Day, this one comes powerfully to mind. Do not bear false witness. Do not mislead. Live your life worthy. Live your life in such a way that if they want to say something bad about you, they have to make it up. You know what, you know what lying is? Lying is the intent to mislead. The intent to mislead, which stands in direct opposition to the idea that you are the salt of the earth, you're the light of the world. However, Life creates this fascinating issue. Come here. You, come here. Life starts out so simple. I want you to hold this. Okay? You got it? You got it tight? Okay? But what happens is this. Is the further we go in life, the further we go in life, there's more tension. Okay? Now, you need to trust that I'm going to hold on to it. All right? Do you trust me? Right now. As I pull tighter. Do you, it says right now, yeah. How about now as it gets tighter? Yeah. There's something about, I'm, and, and he's going, but do you trust me? Because yeah. trust is a two-way street. <laughs> and, and here's what happens. The, the more the tension happens in life, the more we think about compromise. And the more tempted we are to give in. To operate in character that is less than what God intends. And you know, we'll do it for a number of reasons. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take, you, I want you to take that rubber band I want you to keep it. Because okay. um, I'm, I'm going I'm to come back and I'm going to reference it in a, in, in a moment. Here's what happens is in this tension, we'll compromise and we'll do it for a number of reasons. We'll, we'll mislead. Right? Sometimes we'll mislead. It's the, it's the cowardly lie. Okay? 
The cowardly lie. Here's the cowardly lie. Did you take out the trash? Uh, Yeah, I took out the trash. Because you don't want to deal with the consequences of not taking out the trash. Right? That's the cowardly lie. There's the convenient lie. My children heard the convenient lie a lot. Now listen, confession is good for the soul. I'm making a confession to you. Uh, I, as your pastor, I have lied. And, and hold on, I still lie. I do. I lie more than a rug. I don't mean to, but it, it happens. Sometimes I lie in what I say. Sometimes I lie in what I don't say. In fact, I've gotten to where in life, I now I much more lie by what I don't say than by what I say. Right? But there's the convenient lie. How much further? Ten more minutes. By the way, in our car growing up, our children... It didn't matter how far we were, my answer was always 10 more minutes. We could be four hours away. Dad, how much further? 10 more minutes. How much further? 10 more minutes. Sir, have you ever told your family, okay, I'll stop at the next exit, knowing you had no intention? Right? You're hoping, you're praying. Dear God, let her close her eyes to where I can pass this exit. Am I the only one? That's the That's the convenient lie. There's also the conceited lie. I caught a fish and it was that big. When when I was in high school and I did the long jump, I, I jumped 45 feet. Have you ever noticed that dad's exploits, the older that he gets, the exploits grow? Right? Sometimes it's the, it's the calculated lie. The calculated lie. If you do this for me, maybe later, when you're in need, I'll be there to help you. And you know you you have no intention of being there. But you're using that lie for manipulation. You know the worst of all? The worst of all is the cruel lie. The cruel lie. Let Let me tell you about Bob Alford. You ever engaged in that? You ever had that done to you? We, we, live in a, we live in a world of lies. We live in a world of untruths. We live in a world of half-truths. And sometimes we lie by what we say. And sometimes we lie by what we don't say. But in Ephesians chapter 4, we're challenged to live this life worthy of the calling that we have received. Paul says this, I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. No. He says this. 
He says, listen, we must develop a maturity in the faith. In fact, it tells us this, that the reason the church exists. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow. That's what we're called to do. We're called to be truth tellers. To speak the truth in love. Yes, but to operate in half-truth, untruth, and innuendo is so much easier. Don't worry, honey, it's already taken care of. Yeah. Yeah, I made so much money. Yeah. You can count on me. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. Therefore, let me drop down to verse 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. God's called us to be truth tellers. We live in a time, listen, we live in a time, we live in a day and age where the truth is, is something that is difficult to find. It's something difficult to walk in. And here's the reason why. We live in, we live in, a, we live in a time, a recent survey found this, that, uh, that Americans said this. Over, over 66% of Americans said it is not wrong to tell lies. It's not wrong to tell lies. That, that honesty is not the best policy. In fact, Leonard Kessler, the guy who, who created the polygraph, the lie detector machine, in creating that machine, he tested 25,000 individuals. And after testing 25,000 individuals, he came to this conclusion, that human beings are basically deceptive. Now, that's no surprise to us. right? It happens all the time. How can we then... How can we be honest in a dishonest world? How, how do we do this? How do we, how do we tell the truth? And, and understand, and again, I, I, wanna, I don't want to miss this point, that we can lie without even saying a word because when we deliberately hold back the truth, we're telling partial truth, we're being deceptive. And the lie is the intent to be deceptive. The intent to mislead. Instead of being the leader that God has called us to be. So wh why do we do this? Why do we lie? Why, why do we tell the cruel lie? I'll tell you why we tell the cruel lie. We tell the cruel lie because we get jealous. Because we want revenge. Because someone has hurt us and we want to hurt them. We, we tell the, the cruel lie in anger, right? You're the ugliest person I've ever seen. Yeah, you know what? 
I told you you look good in that dress. You look like a big fat cow. You ever said that? Have you ever said that about me when I'm not around? I hope not because I never wear dresses. The conceited lie. We'll tell the conceited lie because we become convinced by the enemy that we're not good enough. We'll tell the calculated lie because we want our way. We'll tell the convenient lie because we, we don't want to be bothered. So how do I do this? How do I, how do I walk in such a way, how do I live my life in such a way that I'm a truth teller? And that the truth of who I am and the truth of what I know is presented to a world in such a way that they see me for who I am and beyond me they see Christ in me. Because it's not... God's plan, it's not God's heart for you to mislead, it's God's heart for you to actually lead. And there is a world that is in search of hope. This hope that we have, this incredible hope that we have. Yesterday, we had a group of people that that went out and, and canvassed. They're handing out flyers to invite people to the Convoy of Hope event. It's coming up again in a couple of weeks, and you have the opportunity to be a part of it. But they, they canvassed about 4,800 homes. 4,800 homes. We had several of them, in handing out this, these flyers, had the opportunity to talk to people in fact, in some of the places they were going into, they thought they, they thought they were coming in to buy drugs. Right? So you coming in to look for drugs? Nope, not coming in to look for drugs. Coming in to give you this. We want to give you a message of hope. And it opened up the door for them to talk to people about the reality of God's love. And even yesterday, before the Convoy of Hope event has ever happened, we had several people who prayed and invited Jesus into their heart because... People from our church went out and shared the truth in the world around us. The truth. The truth. When you know the truth, the truth makes you free. It doesn't just set you free, it makes you free. And so God wants us to do this. He wants us to walk in. He wants us to live in truth. It does not happen automatically. Well, let me say this. I won't speak into your I I, I won't speak specifically for you. I will tell you for me, telling the truth doesn't happen automatically. And here's the reason why. So I have this 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 part of me that is a spirit man. I love God and want to serve him. I also have this this carnal nature, this 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 fleshly part of me. Right? The, I have the good part of me and the not so good part of me, and they seem to they seem to, to wage war. I know that I'm not alone in this because the Apostle Paul made this comment. Uh, he wrote this in Romans. He's, in Romans. He said, The things that I want to do, I don't do, and the things that I don't want to do, I do. I'm just a big bundle of sin. And I will let you in on a very uh, a very 
loosely kept secret, I am a big bundle of sin. The only way that I can live the life that God has called me to is if I die to my flesh daily, if I put on the full armor of God, and I walk intentionally in such a way that I live by the Spirit. And I have to purposefully do that. Because if I don't purposefully do that, I find that it's so easy for me to naturally slip into the sinful nature and to be a big, fat liar. I lie. I even try to lie to God. And yet, God says this. He says, you've got to put off falsehood. You have to put off falsehood. Now, here's what I know. Are you ready? Watch this. If I stand here, this jacket is not going to come off unless I take it off. And here's what God's Word says. It says that you have to put off falsehood or you have to take off falsehood. This morning, if you walked into this, in, into this house and you don't, with intentionality, put off the things of the world, put off the carnal nature, you will naturally walk in it. You'll naturally walk in deception. And for some of us that are here today, we've told so many lies, we don't even know what the truth is anymore. I heard somebody say one time, it's not a lie if you believe it. That is a lie. So how do we do it? Here's the thing. God lays out just a wonderful game plan in Ephesians chapter 4. How do I become a truth teller? Here's how I do it. Number one, I have to make, make it my my aim to live in love. Ephesians 4.15 tells us this, that we are to speak the truth in love. And so when we make the decision that our communication is going to be layered with compassion, with kindness, with gentleness, with humility, when we make the decision that our communication, whether it be verbal or nonverbal, that it's going to demonstrate the character and the compassion of God that puts us in a place where we will speak the truth in love. Our words have weight. Your words have weight. What you say matters. This is the reason why God says that on the day of judgment that you will have to give an account for every word you speak. Your words have power. When I was a little kid, I heard, just as so many of us did, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. The scars that I carry from words are much bigger and much deeper than a stick or a stone could ever produce. And the wounds that I have inflicted with my words go far greater than any stick. Well, let, let me say this. I've never hit anybody with a stick and I've never thrown rocks at people. Yet. But boy, I have hurled some words. I've spoken some things. Speak with compassion. 
You know what fascinates me? Fascinates me. It doesn't just fascinate me, it blows me away. It doesn't just blow me away, it crushes me. It crushes me that there are segments of the world today that are convinced that the church hates them. How does that happen? We happen to live in Orlando, Florida. It's an area that has become a lightning rod for alternative lifestyle. And there are many who live that alternative lifestyle that are convinced that this church hates them. We believe in the principles of the Word of God, and we will never compromise that. But for God so loved the world. Listen to this. Instead, speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. It's not just enough to speak truth. It's not just enough to speak truth. I have to speak the truth in love. And when love is the primary motivator of my communication, what I'm going to do is I'm going to communicate with integrity. And I'm going to communicate with character. And I'm going to speak with an intentionality knowing that every word matters. Ephesians 4.25 says this, Therefore, each of us, we must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to our neighbor. So let me ask you a question this morning. Does your neighbor know how much God loves him? Does your neighbor know the plan God has for her? Or are you by your silence misleading them. You're called to be the salt of the earth. You're called to be the light of the world. Let me talk specifically to the dads in the room. Do your children understand the destiny that God has for them? Can your children lean in to the plan that God has for them? Do they recognize the blessing that God has for them? Do you offer boundaries that rightly position them? Or do your children instead see you as a buddy or maybe as a bully? Speaking the truth in love, we are to put off falsehood and speak truthfully to those whom God has afforded us the opportunity to engage in life. We are to, we are to speak the truth completely. Proverbs 28, 23 says this, In the end, people appreciate frankness more than flattery. Because faithful are the wounds of a friend. 
We must speak the truth consistently. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, Ephesians 4.29 says. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. I need to speak with compassion. I, I need to speak with intentionality. I need to speak consistently. And I need to speak carefully. We have these words in the, in, the, in the Christian community. For those of you that are maybe, you're here as a skeptic. You're here as a, as, as a, as a, as a seeker. You're here because you're curious. Um, know this, we are like way far from perfect. And uh, in the church world, it has, it, has, it has its own little kind of subculture things, right? And we have, we have some terminology that we will use. Um, and, and one of the terms that we'll use is, we'll, we have this term, it's called evangelistically speaking. As a pastor, if, if, I, if I go to a conference, one of the questions that they love to ask us, Manny, is, so how many, how many of you guys running? Uh, I always like to answer and tell them, I don't, we, don't, we don't require our people to run. We, we let them walk everywhere. No, no, you know what I mean. I actually got asked that question last week by an individual. And I said, well, I said, it's not an easy question to answer because different people count different ways. And he goes, what? I said, different people count different ways. And so if you want to know how many people we have on a Sunday, I can tell you that. If you want to know how many people are here once a month, I can tell you that. If you want to know how many people have given in the last year, I can tell you that. And if you want to know how many people identify with this being their church home, but we never see them, I can tell you that. Adrian Rogers, who pastored uh, just incredible uh, uh, Brentwood Baptist in Memphis, uh, for many years. He was president of the Southern Baptist Convention. When I was a, a, a younger pastor, I went to a Promise Keepers event. Remember those? And uh, yeah, I went to a Promise Keepers event and he was introduced and they said, we'd like to welcome Dr. Adrian Rogers, an incredible man of God, gifted speaker uh, who has shared the wonders of God around the world, pastoring one of the fastest growing churches uh, in all of North America, a church that runs over 30,000 people. Would you please welcome Dr. Adrian Rogers? And he gets you know, big, big applause, standing ovation. He comes up and he says, folks, I appreciate that. He goes, let me set the record straight. He says, first of all, he said, uh, only half of what has just said is true. He said, I do pastor Brentwood Baptist. That, that is correct. He goes, um, I'm not a worldwide speaker. He says, I've, I've done a little bit of travel, uh, but I have not been around the world. He said, and he goes, my church is not one of the fastest growing churches in America. In fact, in the last three years, we've, we've lost a couple thousand people. And he said, and uh, the only way that we run 30,000 is because 
the Baptists, and I'm not, listen, if you're watching and you, you attend a Baptist church, I grew up Baptist, I get it. In fact, the Bible says, repent and be Baptist, for all have sinned and fall short of the assemblies of God. So we're okay, we're good, right? Seriously, grew up Bible Baptist church, we used to sing a song, Bible Baptist is the best, we're better than all the rest, Bible Baptist is the best, we did, we really did sing that. So, um, so I get it. So I'm not picking on the Baptist because, trust me, we have our issues. But uh, he, he, he goes, and it, just where you know, he goes, he goes, for all the Baptists, you know this is true. He says, the only way you're getting off a roster in a Baptist church is you die. And 90% of the time, you're not getting off the roster that way. And I remember sitting there as a young pastor and going, wow, that's, the, that's incredible. A pastor that will actually be honest about how many people are in his church. That is a novel concept, which is sad, Right? That that's reality. We live in a world where the truth is hard to find. And yet, it is the truth that makes us free. So here's my question to you. What's the frequency of the convenient lie? Sir, ma'am, this is where it gets very personal. And this is the reason why God brought you here this morning. It's fine that we had gifted, anointed worship. It was cool that we got to see a father baptize his twin sons. But make no mistake, this is the reason why God has you here this morning. For you to navigate these important life questions. How often? How regular is that convenient lie cropping up in your day? Do you find yourself regularly getting pulled into the conceited lie? Do you fall into the habit of the convenient lie? The calculated lie? Is there somebody you need to make things right with because you have been engaging in the cruel lie. You know the problem with every one of those lies? Is whether the lie is a cruel lie or a convenient lie, it still damages our character. And it still gives an opportunity for the enemy to create confusion, doubt, even flat-out disbelief when in our lives we speak of the undeniable truths of God. See, this issue of lying maybe by what we say or by what we don't say. It impacts our joy.
it mutes our testimony. It paralyzes our relationships. It robs us of power. So can we be honest with ourselves this morning and say, God, I have, I have drifted from the truth. I have drifted from your truth. And God, I thank you that today that you are challenging me in the area of my witness that I am not called to bear false witness, but I am called to communicate truth. And know this, sir, know this, ma'am. God, God didn't bring you here today to put you on blast. God didn't bring you here today to make you feel bad. He brought you here today to help you, to help us be better. Let me say this in closing. When I was growing up, I, I, had, a, I had a massive problem with truth-telling. And there was a reason for it. Uh, um, life kind of spiraled out of control uh, with the death of my father and the issues with my uh, with be, being in a home where there was lots of abuse, um, and I found that it was so much easier to escape into a world of my creation rather than deal with reality. Uh, and the result of that, it kind of fostered deception in every area of my life. So much so that. I, it, 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 was, it was automatic for me. Like, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't even think about lying. It just kind of flowed, right? And so, um, when, when, my, when my adopted family welcomed me in, I was, I was just there a couple of weeks, when, um, when this, this new mom in my life, you know, this family that was willing to take in, a kid that was homeless, and, uh, this new mom was like, I need to talk to you. And I, I thought, I'm done. I've, I've, out, I've worn out my welcome. They're going to kick me out. And she took me and she sat me down on the living room, so, living room sofa. And she said, I believe there's a calling on your life. God wants to use you in a significant way. And God wants you to have a large ministry. That's what you're called to do. This is, I'm 16 years old. And she's having this conversation with me, tears streaming down her face. But she said, Ed, she didn't call me Ed, she called me by my nickname. Um, she said, Butch, she said, you are a horrible liar. And then she said this, she goes, actually that's not true. She goes, you're a very good liar. And she said, you have this love of God in your heart. 
See, when we put on the spiritual armor, God's word says that our, our loins are to be girded with truth. And she says, you operate so much in untruth that you leave yourself wide open for the enemy. That exaggeration, you might think it's harmless, and it, it might be harmless in the natural, but in the supernatural, it leaves you wide open for, for enemy attack. The convenient lie, you might not think it's that big of a deal. And even the cruel lie, you might think the person deserves it. And that you're justified in saying what you're saying. I honestly thought my lies were harmless. And in that moment, as she spoke to me and as she prayed over me, it was like God allowed me to see from the natural and the supernatural, and I saw the massive damage, the lack of integrity had brought into my life, had brought into my day, and how much it was just shooting holes in my testimony left and right. I remember resolving that day that I want to be a truth teller. I haven't been perfect. Oh, far from it. And it wasn't automatic. In fact, when Jody and I first got married, I, I, I said this to Jody. I said, I said, Jody, I want you to know that I want to always be truthful to you. But I also want you to know that this thing of being deceptive it became so deep in my life that it, it, I, didn't, I wouldn't even think about it. So I told her, I said, Jody, there are going to be times that you're going to ask me a question and I'm going to answer you and then I'm going to have to come back and say, what I just told you wasn't true. Right? Because my mind would work so fast. Like she would ask me, did you take out the trash? Here's what my mind would say. Ed, you haven't taken out the trash yet, but you're going to take out the trash so she doesn't have to worry about it. And so because you don't want her to worry, just all you have to do is just say the trash has already been taken care of. Right? So, Ed, you check out the trash. It's taken care of. I didn't say I took it out. It's taken care of. But you see the intent to mislead? And so I, I would have to tell her, Jody, what I just told you what isn't true. Um, it, 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 I have not taken out the trash, but I, 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 I know that I've got to get it done, and I promise you I'll get it done before I go to bed. And here's what I had to do. I had to put off falsehood. That was 34 years ago. You know what I still have to do every day? I have to put off falsehood. And sir, ma'am, young person, God has brought you here today for you to have this same epiphany, the same realization that I had. And God wants you today for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time to say, I'm, I'm going to put off falsehood. Because I've been lying to my wife. 
I've been lying to my children. I've been lying to my boss. I've been lying to myself. I've been lying to God. And if you know the truth, the truth will make you free. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.